0: Welcome to the Center for Christian Leadership broadcast. Together we'll explore the crossroads of leadership and Christian living. I'm Dr. Stephen Smith, your host and fellow journeyer on the path we on to pursue a purposeful life. In each episode, we'll embark on a transformational journey that discusses the timeless principles of leadership that are grounded and firmly established in the wisdom of God's Word. So whether you're a seasoned leader seeking inspiration or someone navigating the challenges of everyday life, this broadcast will act as a compass for navigating the intricate dance between leadership excellence, and a life that models the greatest leader, Jesus Christ. Join me and our guests as we unpack profound insights, share inspiring stories, and embark on a quest to lead with purpose in every aspect of our lives. This is more than a broadcast. It's a community committed to elevating Christian leadership, while embracing the transformational power of the principles God has established. So let's dive in together and discover the extraordinary potential that emerges when leadership and Christian living converge. Unbelief sucks your dreams from your life, leaving you helpless and faint, unwilling or worse, unable to go on. Not only does it suck potential from you, but it also sucks you into things that keep you from realizing your full potential. Unbelief sucks fear into your life by making you believe that there's no hope of deliverance. Unbelief causes us to worry about things that are keeping us from our aspirations and God's purpose for our lives. Unbelief sucks us into states of doubt that God is either unable or unwilling to help us in our personal time of need. Worst of all, unbelief will send us on goose chases that lead us to indecision in our lives and always wondering what we should be doing. I guess the best way to put it is, is that unbelief sucks. So what we wanted to do is we wanted to conclude our study on unbelief. Now this is the fifth day that we've actually taken a look at this and we wanna see how unbelief is actually keeping us from entering into what God's best is for our life. You know, unbelief kept the Israelites from going into the promised land. And in fact, Hebrews 3.19 tells us So we see that because of their unbelief, they were unable to enter into his rest. Well, what we want to do is we want to identify all the different areas that unbelief can actually prevent us from going into God's perfect rest for us. Now, we talked originally about how worry kept us from getting into what we know that God has in store for us. Then we talked a little bit about fear and how fear can prevent us from achieving God's fully best in our lives. We also looked at doubt. Now, with all three of those, we can see that those different areas can actually cause unbelief in our lives, and it's all the state of mind. They can all be controlled by the way that we think, the way that we act, the way that we understand what God's Word is for us. And what we want to do is we want to open up God's Word, and today what we want to take a look at is indecision. That's right, indecision. Have you ever came to a point in your life where you wanted to make a decision about something but you were unable or unwilling to go on because you just didn't know if whether or not it was the right decision or not. We see this all the time with healing. People will say, well, do I allow God to heal me or do I allow doctors to heal me? Well, the simple reality is, is that God wants you to, to believe in something. and Once you start believing in that, he'll meet you there and, and guide you along in your faith and relationship to that. So the reality is, is that We can make a decision one way or the other, but if I take a look at what God has done in the past, and if I can see how he's worked in my life in the past, then I know that these things are all gonna work well in my own life. So let's take a look at this study. Now, before we go on, I wanna ask you four questions like I always do, of course, right? I encourage you to write these answers down, stop the podcast, stop the broadcast, Take a look at what we have. You can even take a look at the notes and download those and fill in the blanks as you go along. But any way you can, I want you to take a look at these four questions because they will set the conditions for you to be able to understand more of what you believe God is telling you you through these studies. Now, the first question that I have is, and I've asked this in all five of these lessons, but I wanna see where what you believe unbelief is. Now, if this is the first time that you've seen one of these studies, I really do encourage you to go back and take a look at the other four studies. You can watch this out of sequence, it doesn't matter, but this will actually help you to see how you've progressed and maybe how you're thinking about unbelief has actually evolved. At one point, you may have thought, well, if I have unbelief, then my faith is absolutely shot. Or you may see that I can have unbelief and faith at the same time. We just have to get rid of that unbelief, right? But that question remains, what is unbelief to you? How do you describe it? What does it mean to you when somebody says, hey, you have unbelief, or if you believe that you have unbelief? The second question that I want to ask you is this. How has indecision kept you from God's best? We're going to be talking a lot about indecision today, but has there ever been a time in your life when you were faced with having to make a decision and you just couldn't decide, you didn't know whether or not it was God's will or you didn't know whether or not it was something that you wanted to accomplish? What we want to do is we want to identify what that indecision is and then make a move towards erasing that from our lives and stepping out from that unbelief, believing that God has given us the right word and that we're moving forward in the direction that we need to go in. The third question that I have for you is this. How do you decide and then stick with your decision? So do you have a decision-making process? Maybe it's an ethical decision-making process, or maybe it's just a regular decision-making process. Maybe you go through and you weigh all your different options and then you go through and you'll understand what the different assets you have that are available to do this. This is all the strategic planning processes that we can implement as far as our decisions go, but we wanna identify how I decide and then how do I stick with it and whether or not I wanna stick with it, right? The fourth question that I have for you is this. What would happen in your life if you could quickly decide and then take action? If you knew how to quickly decide, if you knew how to take action as quickly as you possibly could, how would that change things in your life? Would it make a difference to you? Would you see a difference in the things that you're doing? What we wanna do is identify these different processes within our life and do these things quickly. But we wanna see what that looks like. And if you can write that down, now you know where you wanna go from as far as where we're at in our levels of unbelief to the areas where we wanna be in relationship to our life in general. So we're gonna look at those things today and I really encourage you to grab your Bible, open it up, take a look at what it says, and let's see if we can figure this whole thing out together. So what we wanna do is we wanna take a look at how indecision reared its head in the Gospels and how Jesus addressed that. Because if Jesus addressed it as a level of unbelief, then what we wanna do then is we wanna make sure that we can get rid of that, but we can see, first of all, what the disciples did, how that reacted, And what the response is for that and we've got some simple responses that we can find in how we overcome indecision in our lives and they're all biblically based so hopefully this will make a difference for you so there's three times that Jesus obviously stated simply obvious things to the disciples and yet they completely missed it and I think There's a combination of, well, maybe they were just disciples, or maybe they had issues where they needed to understand these things better, or maybe these things were written down in the gospel so that you and I would be able to have answers to our own questions as well. So if there's different people, different levels of Christians reading through the gospel on their gathering or gaining different things as they go through, then maybe they were written so that we wouldn't, so we could have answers to the questions that we may have as we're reading through the Gospels. It's really unique the way that God wrote this for us. We get four different perspectives from the four different Gospels and a lot of these things. Let's take a look at Matthew. I'd like to go to the Gospel of Matthew in the 16th chapter in the 6th verse. It tells us this. Watch out, Jesus warned them, because of the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Jesus was warning them about the things that can come in and affect our lives, the things that can keep us from understanding things, that can keep us from achieving what God wanted for us, and he was warning them about the Pharisees and the Sadducees. So the Pharisees and Sadducees could have some improper teaching that could really mess them up, and Jesus was simply warning them about that. Now we know that the disciples missed this because they went on and started talking about bread right afterwards, I want to ask you, how many times have you missed the things that God has said plainly to you? I mean, we see the disciples do it all the time, but have you ever been in that situation? We want to make sure that we're paying attention to what's going on, so I have to listen and understand what it is that God tells me. In the very next two verses, we see what happens. In Matthew 16, 7 and 8, it tells us, At this they began to argue with each other because they hadn't brought any bread. Jesus knew what they were saying, so he said, You have so little faith. Why are you arguing with each other about having no bread? That statement of you have so little faith is really logio pistos. It's the fourth time that we see this in the Gospel of Matthew, and this helps us to understand the fact that they just didn't have confidence in what it was that Jesus had done for them. He's seeing that they're responding to his question about yeast, and they think he's talking about the bread that they forgot to bring with them. He had just done the miracle of feeding 5,000 people. In fact, he had just finished doing the miracle of feeding 4,000 people. And they had all these different responses to this. And yet Jesus says, you have so little faith. Where's your confidence in the things that I've done for you? So they're sitting here and they're arguing. They have indecision about whether or not they should have brought bread or what exactly Jesus was meeting. And we fall into this same category all the time as well. In fact, how many times have you realized that God has already provided something as especially an answer for you and you don't see it? Many times it's right here in the Bible. And we'll go through and we'll look through the different scriptures and we'll let, we'll allow scriptures to interpret scripture and yet we still don't see the answer because we don't have the confidence to believe in what the scriptures actually tell us. So we see that Jesus responds back in Matthew sixteen nine and 10 and he says, don't you understand even yet? Don't you remember the 5,000 I fed with the five loaves and the baskets of leftovers you picked up? Or the 4,000 I fed with seven loaves and large baskets of leftovers you picked up? You see, Jesus Christ had fed not only the Jews, but also the Gentiles. They had 12 baskets of bread left over, and they had 7 baskets of bread left over when he fed to 4,000. We look at the meaning of those different things, but the reality was that they didn't understand these things. Even in the Gospel of John, when we look at it, it says that they didn't understand the miracle of the loaves. This is after he had just walked on water. So this was really an important factor in this, and he wanted to make sure that they got not only that point, but also the fact that to beware of the yeast of the Pharisees. So what we wanna do is we wanna start asking ourselves some of these questions. What decisions have been holding you back from something that you already knew God has already provided for you? If I know what those decisions are, if I know that I'm holding back on making something, then what's happening is, is that that unbelief is actually affecting me me from getting into the rest that God has in store for me. We can see this with the Israelites because they sat down and they started arguing saying, well, I mean, you know, there's giants and there's walled villages and there's all these people out there. How do I get through these things, Lord? Oh, well, I guess we just can't do this. It's going to keep us from getting into God's rest. That was the unbelief that they're talking about in Hebrews. So in John 14:26, we can see this. Now, this is going to give us the answers to how we get over this indecision in our lives. Now, Jesus is talking to the, the disciples and he's saying, hey, look, You may not get everything right now, but I'm gonna give you the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit's gonna give you an understanding for the things that you can make wise decisions about. This is John 14, 26, and this is what it says. But when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I've told you. So we can see that our indecision can actually be overcome by the Holy Spirit working in our lives. We wanna make sure that we can see that The Holy Spirit is there to help us through in all these different difficult times in our lives. I'm not talking about being baptized in the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues, and all those other kinds of things. But we do know that the Holy Spirit will provide for us the answers that we need when we need them the most. And in fact, we want to ask that question, how has the Holy Spirit saved you in times of incision? You may have felt something or you knew that that's what God wanted you to do, but the only way that you could have done this, the only way that you could have remembered these things was because the Holy Spirit was right there reminding you of a Bible verse, reminding you of what Jesus had taught, reminding you of maybe something that you've learned about the Bible. These are all things that help us to live these lives of perfection that God has provided for us and to get over that level of unbelief and the indecision in our lives. So what we want to do is we have the greatest decision that we've ever made in our lives. And many of you have already made this decision. you decided to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. That's a really important decision in our lives. Well, how did you do that? You believed in your heart and you confessed with your mouth that Jesus was Lord and you were saved. And I mean, that's the basics of it, but we believe that we're forgiven of all of our sins. We believe that we're going to heaven if, if something were to happen to us. These are all confident things that we have. We already have this level of faith. And in fact, we're presented with Deuteronomy 30, 19, which is actually a salvation verse, God has put the choice before us. Look at what it says. Today I've given you a choice between life and death, between blessing and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice that you make. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. What we wanna do is we wanna make sure that we can choose life. Well. What made you choose life instead of death? What made you choose blessings instead of curses? What are the things that made you choose those things? Maybe it's the life that you knew was available. Maybe you knew that, hey, I don't wanna burn in hell. I wanna make sure that I'm going to heaven in in my life. However you made that decision, what we wanna do is we wanna make sure that we can always make that same decision. You know, if you're just not sure, guess what God does in the very next verse? He tells them how to make this decision. Take a look at this. This is Deuteronomy 30:20. You can make this choice by loving the Lord your God, obeying Him, and committing yourself firmly to Him. This is the key to your life. And if you love and obey the Lord, you will live long in the land the Lord has sworn to give your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So this verse tells us that there's three ways that I can make sure that I'm making the right decision in my life. So I can overcome indecision if I go back to the Old Testament and I take a look at the three things that he wants us to take a look at. So next time that you're faced with indecision, especially if it's something in the spiritual realm, we want to ask ourselves three different questions. So what we want to do is we want to take a look at this verse and we see three different things that God has provided for us to be able to make our decisions. The first thing that we want to do is we want to make sure that we're loving the Lord our God. Because if I love the Lord my God, then I know that I'm gonna be making that choice that will honor him, that will glorify whatever he has done for me. The second question that I wanna make sure that I'm doing is, is I wanna make sure that I'm obeying God. So I can make, get over indecision, first of all, by loving the Lord my God and making a decision that would honor him. Second, by obeying him and doing what he tells me to do. And then the third thing that I can do is I can commit myself firmly to him. What would happen in your life if you were to come to indecision in your life, not knowing what to do, but then asking yourself, how would I love the Lord in this decision? How would I obey the Lord in this decision? And how would I commit firmly to what he has in store for me? If I do those three things that I know that I can move forward with without indecision in my life, and I can overcome that level of unbelief in my life. So let's use those things to start making these decisions. I think that I'm going to make all the difference in the world for you. So what we wanna do is we wanna move into a practical exercise. So you can download the notes down below and answer these questions, or you can write them out, pause the podcast, pause the video, take a look at these things and see how you would answer each of these different questions. Remember, this is an exercise to make a difference in your life. Now, the first thing that we wanna do is what we wanna ask ourselves, what are the processes that you use to make decisions? How do you make a decision? If you can do that, then we can start following along in that process. Maybe it's as simple as going back to Deuteronomy 30, 20, looking at that verse and saying, okay, I gotta love the Lord, I gotta obey him, and I wanna make sure that I'm committed to what he has for me. Those three things will actually help you move very quickly in that right direction. But what are you doing right now to make your decisions? The second thing that we wanna do is we wanna take a look at how do you overcome indecision in the past? Have you done this before? Did you flip a coin? Did you ask someone that had a little bit more experience than you? These are all valid points, but we still want to make sure that we're doing this in a biblical process. And we want to make sure that it's successful. If you've, been, if you've not been able to overcome indecision in your life, then maybe those processes weren't really the best way to do it. And you might want to look at looking at some of the other processes that we discussed today. Third thing we want to do is we want to reflect on a time when you made a decision and God backed you up. You knew that God was in it. You knew that the results were exactly what God wanted. How did that work out for you? How did you make that decision? What were the processes in arriving in that decision, overcoming the indecision, and then going out and doing what it was that you knew God wanted you to do? The fourth thing that we wanna do is we wanna ask ourselves, how have your beliefs steered you in the right direction in the past? Now these are the beliefs that we have and we're not talking about unbelief but we're talking about beliefs what do you believe in as far as your salvation goes what do you believe in as far as hearing from god what do you believe in as far as god's word goes if you can do those things and if you can understand what you believe in now you can use those to make your decisions in the future i want to leave you with a verse this verse is mark 16 14 and it tells us still later he appeared to the eleven disciples as they were eating together He rebuked them for their stubborn unbelief because they refused to believe those who had seen him after he had been raised from the dead. I want you to understand the simple fact. There are times when the disciples were rebuked for their unbelief. What you see here is, is that the disciples were being rebuked for their indecision. They were being rebuked for their unbelief. You know, in all four of the Gospels, right after Jesus Christ had raised from the dead, we see that they were constantly rebuked for their unbelief. Why would he do that? And then turn around right after that in the very next verses and give them the great commissions to get out there and start preaching the Word of God. Well, it was because he believed in them, but he also provided them with the Holy Spirit, a tool or an asset that you would have if you were a Christian leader. So what we want to do then is we want to overcome this unbelief in our lives. Now, this is the fifth lesson. This is the last lesson. I encourage you to take a look at the other four if you haven't already. But what we did was we talked a lot about what unbelief was and how it was keeping us from our best. Then we talked about how worry could actually keep us from accomplishing God's perfect purpose in our lives. Then we also talked about how fear was preventing us from really fulfilling what it was that God wants us to do. Then we talked a lot about what doubt and how doubt was keeping us from accomplishing what God wanted us to do or living that full life that we know that God wants us to be, or even into entering his rest. And today we talked about indecision. All four of these things, if we can overcome these frames of mind, these thought thinking processes, then what's gonna happen is, is that we're going to be able to get past unbelief and start getting into the rest that God has in store for us. Remember, the children of Israel were left in the wilderness and an entire generation died there. If you're in the wilderness, if you're out there for a long period of time, what's gonna end up happening is is you'll end up dying out there. What we wanna do is we wanna enter into God's rest. Now, there's certain things that we'll do to do that, but the biggest thing is to overcome this unbelief. And that's why we provided these tools for you. So why not take these tools? Go out and do that miracle going someplace to happen. Thank you for joining us today. Our journey together facilitated a look through the lens of Christian faith. Together we discovered a special word from God that we believe grants our spiritual needs if we allow it to. We encourage you to add this broadcast to your subscription and share it with others whose lives will also be transformed. Let's build a community of fellow believers dedicated to following the footsteps of our servant hearted Savior Jesus Christ. Thank you for being a part of this broadcast and until our next episode go forth in the challenges that you face equipped with the love and grace of Jesus Christ. Blessings to you on your transformational journey.